0: is Irish Illustrated Insider. I am Tim Priester from Irish Illustrated with Tim O'Malley as well as Pete Sampson from The Athletic. It's two. It's Monday, November 9th and Notre Dame is the number two team in the country by virtue of their 47-40 double overtime victory over Clemson. And that was uh, that was a great one, guys. I, <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been to a lot of them uh, even before uh, in the media. I've been to a couple great games in Notre Dame Stadium, but I mean, that certainly ranks at the top with 88 Miami, 93 Florida State, 2005 USC. It was tremendous.
1: My number one game on TV now. (laughs) It is. My previous, no, seriously, I've seen a lot of great Notre Dame games live and terrible uh, finishes if you're a Notre Dame fan. I mean, you you think of USC and Boston College and Florida State um as kind of a crushing loss if you're a Notre Dame fan those are the ones where you're just like not only did you need it you could have had it and in one case it seemed like you did have well in two cases it seemed like you did have it um but I hadn't seen one on TV that was uh like that compelling in I don't know how long um I mean I attended like the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State I it had probably been the Holtz era because other games didn't matter by the time they were on the road. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. maybe Charlie Weiss against Michigan his first time, but that was game two, which is more of a well, pleasant were, surprise. I this mean, was there, like the culmination of
0: two years. There was a long stretch of years where you yeah, didn't have yeah, any games from which to choose as, as one of the best. I don't there want
1: was, to – Pete, I'm sorry, because you have a long list of these two. I just want to say one thing. You, you know that there's no cheering the press box? All the games I watch this year, I just sit there and write everything down. Mark things down, start writing my story, don't move, don't care when someone scores, don't do anything. In this one, when Kyron Williams ran for that <laughs> touchdown, I was like, holy, <laughs> it was just a different world watching it in, the, in this big of a game. I'm sorry, Pete, go ahead. Uh,
2: there was definitely some cheering in the press box uh, on Iwusu Kormo's fumble return. Yeah, touchdown. who? who a guy I mean, right next heard me? And it was, I, a, I, I turned and it was a police officer with a gun. So I was like, All right, uh, okay, because you
0: know, I, I heard the announcement. I was yeah. on, I'm on the other end. I'm on the other end of the stadium. And yeah. so I heard that announcement. I'm like, did I actually express uh, an opinion? No. Was it that me? Play? <laughs> I was going to, is there pacing in the press box? Because I think I might've done a little bit of that. At, mainly because the, the the referees were replaying every play in, in the overtimes. And it was like, can we get on with this, please? We know he's in, we know he's not in.
2: Yeah, to the uh, the Avery Davis review when he was three. That yeah, was and, and Yeah, so, I
0: mean it was ridiculous. Like,
2: why are you Why are you guys even here? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the best best game I've covered in twenty years on the beat. Um, by I wouldn't say necessarily like a wide wide margin over USC in twenty fifteen or two thousand five, but there's a pretty big gap between that one and everything else.
0: Yeah, and so Notre moves up to to number two um, and. What a great performance. I mean, we're talking about a couple of great performances here. Kyron Williams as a pass blocker was ridiculous. Um, Ian Book, the level of play. You know, I asked, I started Tim, I started my tail of tape today about about the question, why would why would this be the game that Ian Book steps forward and becomes
1: my a part. big time
0: player? And I'm still not convinced that it's locked in, and that's what we're going to see every week because that's been his nature. But that performance, along with Shane Simon, we'll talk about guys like this. Um, several, you know, Javon McKinley uh, stepping up big against an opponent of that magnitude. But Ian Book, good lord, that was a, that was a championship level, that was a playoff level performance by the quarterback.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I felt like he had that in him. Um, and he's flashed those moments like sporadically over his career, um, but has not strung together an entire game of them like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was there. Um, you know, I, I think that he will probably for most people, at least finally get the credit that he deserves as Notre Dame starting quarterback. I mean, you, he has a win over number one, how many Notre Dame quarterbacks have won um, yeah, true. so now you're, now you're putting them in the group and if we judge quarterbacks by wins, which we probably shouldn't as much as we do, but we do, I mean, those are the, like, those are the rules. Um, and we are not one to, ch- we, we have lacked the power to change them. So now it's like Ian book, Kevin McDougal. I mean, I don't know who else like immediately comes to mind for, you know, you guys have been seeing a lot more of it than I have. Um, You know, there's, like, the wins over number ones, and there's, like, the championship-type stuff.
0: Tony Rice. Yeah. So, I
2: mean, Tony Tony Rice has a national title, so I'm kind of, like, hesitant to go there. But, you know, now Book is an all-time Notre Dame quarterback that is not going to be forgotten. In
1: in terms of Book
2: going forward,
1: I want to go back to what Pete said. He had it in him. I think as soon as I saw him playing the way he was playing for a solid half a quarter, I felt he would continue to play that way. Does that make sense? Like, I thought, yes, this – is what Ian book can do. And I never thought he was going to all of a sudden start playing poorly in the game. And I really felt for him. It was probably because I was home and you have time to think of these things when he fumbled and the look on his face, I feel, I felt for him more than like, I would have thought, Oh man, somebody, that quarterback just really mixed up. I was like, Oh my gosh, is he going to get killed if this is why they lose the game? And he has been playing great football. So really the fact that he got a chance to bring them back and remember he was driving him down, and Ben Skoranek has to catch that pass on fourth down. So you felt like, wow, Ian Book's not even going to get a chance maybe right. to bring them back. It was uh, it was good, just a validation of a lot of things he's done well. Um, and if he keeps doing it for four more games, excuse me, got to be five more games probably. If he does it for five more games, I think a lot of people will realize what they had in him as a uh, as a leader of the team.
0: I was asked, uh, it was one of the questions from a podcast within the last couple of weeks, what, what made you think that Ian Book was going to be Extremely accurate this year. What made me think that? That performance. I expected knowing what his okay, he's undersized, okay, and I realize that that hurts, hard to see over the line scrimmage, middle of the field. But in terms of athleticism, accuracy, the way he delivers the football, uh, what he does with his feet tied in with the athleticism, I felt that because of what we saw Saturday night. Now, you know, did I always think that he was going to perform at that level against Clemson? Certainly not. But I've always thought that he was capable of doing it, and, and have been more surprised at his inconsistency from game to game. Yeah. no, I than, agree. I
1: mean, yeah. how, how could we not be more surprised as inconsistency? We've seen. I know, but why yeah. that game? What yeah. I
0: mean, well, the reason, the answer to why is that I mean, he's a competitive athlete. It the 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 nature of the game brought out his competitiveness and it responded to it now there was a you know I mean keep in mind I'm not putting all this on Ian Book but there was a I mean the period from the end of the second quarter to the end of the fourth quarter they didn't do a whole lot offensively and I'm not putting all that on them I'm I'm giving Clemson a lot of credit too we'll address that in segment two some questions about why that why that may have happened um so and and his completion percentage of 56 percent isn't it wasn't anywhere near you know his his competition on the other side of the ball so um, great performance for Notre Dame's sake. You hope that that's locked in, uh, for Shane Simon's sake. the, the I, I, Again, we're going to address that in segment two with him, but that was a performance that, <laughs> that was a performance that, uh you know, and, and, and again, because somebody said to me in the first half, why isn't Shane Simon played like this? Well, the first play was made by Kurt Heinish. Heinish is the one that, that, that broke through and all Simon had to do was hit the hole. But as the game went on, he played. He played really, really great football for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know you you talk about this a lot. Like, you know, you sort of hope that you sort of either set a new bar or set a new standard. Like, you know, it just doesn't work that way with college athletes. But, you know, Notre Dame's offensive line, they're going to play like that the rest of the year. Kyron Williams is going to pick up the blitz exactly like that the rest of the year. You know, Clark Lee's defense will be fundamentally sound just like that the rest of the year. And so, you know, whether Book – plays that well throughout November and December. You just told me he was going to play that well on December 19th. I don't really care how well he plays against Syracuse. Um, you know, just, just have that ready to go. And now, I mean, that's the the big thing of Saturday to me is like now Notre Dame knows it can do it. Like beyond a shadow of a doubt, it knows it can do it. To me, that that is just massive. Like forget the national perception of Notre Dame, which definitely changes, but just Notre Dame to have that confidence. God, that is massive. Yeah,
0: I would, I, I would say that Ian Book has to play somewhat similar on November 27th at North yep. Carolina because right. that's a, you know yeah, I mean sure. potentially North Carolina can score some points against you and but I you know the 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 biggest takeaway from this and the and the one thing that that makes you think okay December 19th against Clemson look anytime you've beaten a team and have to play them again on a neutral site with. Trevor Lawrence back, regardless how well Uangalele played, um, you know you still want your veteran quarterback out there, and then guys defensively. But the physicality I, to win this game with physicality—I know you want to say the same thing, Tim—to win this game with physicality on both sides of the ball, where you won the line of scrimmage with your offensive line and your defensive line against Clemson—that is a, that's a huge statement. And for me, that changes your the perspective. And sports being sports and competition, playing Clemson again is going to be extremely difficult. No matter, e- even if you are more physically better prepared than them, but to, to be able to make that claim and to definitively know and tying in with what you said, Pete, about them knowing that they can play to this level, that is hugely significant.
1: They beat the living junk out of many of their opponents this year. The defense, Notre Dame's defense, beats the crap. Out of the teams they are playing, they they are peeling themselves off the floor. Um, this is the time to bring this up. I thought it was going to be a question. My neighbor, uh, his friend, he watched the game with someone who's deaf, and apparently Travis Etienne said to Davo Sweeney, "They are just hitting way too hard." <laughs> hmm. Really? In other words, they are drilling us, man. Like it's like this is, it's a constant barrage of people hitting, well, it. and it's I've... great. It warms my heart. It's a great thing to see. <laughs> I,
0: I I think I comment on this just about every week in the tail of the tape, but yet at the end of the game, who has more bodies strewn across yes. the field when you play Notre Dame? And every week it's it's the opponent. And yeah. this week it was the opponent as well.
2: Yeah, totally agree. I think that is so such an indicative marker of Notre Dame football this year. Well, Matt Bayless.
0: I had to I had to throw the name Matt Bayless in there today because he's now in his fourth year in the program and they are physically I mean I don't I don't know that we totally understood the the right. <laughs> the level of physicality until you until you see it done against Clemson, and Clemson's until you see it young. Against Clemson. great point yeah Clemson yeah. look Clemson's young their offensive line is a really really good pass blocking team they're not very big they're more agile they have more foot speed than nord Ames offensive line does they're young in a lot of places but it's still Clemson and I don't care and the whole the whole idea the whole notion of if anybody says it, well, they they beat them without Trevor Lawrence. They they topped them in third downs. They topped them in turnovers. They beat them on the offensive line. They beat them on the defensive line. They won special teams decisively. I understand. I understand. Trevor Lawrence is great, but Notre beat the crap out of them. I and mean, it was still a some point game. That's how. That's what a winning program. Yeah. At Clemson has that they you know, if book doesn't lead them down, it's, it's a Clemson win. And then you're kicking yourself because of all the blown opportunities in the red zone.
1: And, and that could be the fatal flaw at some point against Clemson. Maybe not, maybe not North Carolina. You would hope not in a playoff games, especially you're playing Alabama or Ohio state or something. You've got to score in the red zone, man. You're not that. That's not going to be a, that you can't get away with that three times against the number one and number two teams in the country. That was too many fumbles. The fumble you expect, well, Book's not going to do that again. you got to have something where you're not jumping off sides. You're not dropping a pass. You're not settling for uh, down
0: there. That's what I was going to say. It was Michael Mayer. I mean, he probably won't make those mistakes again.
1: Javon McKinley can make that mistake, though. Like, it's, it's really got to be dialed sure. in. You know what I'm saying? It's just sure. Notre Dame is as physical and as mentally tough as any team in the country. But because they don't have easy scores... Alabama and Ohio state get where it's just oh, 75 yards like that, right. that very often right. you got to, con- you got to convert down there.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's like done knife said, you just, you sort of remove that mental block. They're like, eh, I don't know if we can do this. Right. So that, maybe right. well, helps you get over the, that hump. But yeah, I totally agree. The red zone offense has to get a lot better uh, for them to really
0: max out this season. Having, having played on a college team and having coached at a high level high school baseball, when you get that, when your players believe like that, yeah,
1: they, they do believe too. Now
0: now you got something because that's when that's when the sum of the parts becomes greater than the individual parts and it's a beautiful thing for a coach to see, man. <laughs> Segment 2 coming up burning up the boards.
1: Indiana Dunes Tourism, located between Chicago and South Bend in Northwest Indiana, is a proud supporter of Irish Illustrated. Extend your Notre Dame visit with a trip to the nation's newest national park. Visit IndianaDunes.com.
0: Segment two, burning up the boards with a question starting with Maddie Heaves14. Where does this game rank in your list of top Notre Dame games?
2: Up, no, see the Florida Priest Journal Maliators. For me, it's a clear number one, but you guys have been to a lot of
1: <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's a clear number three uh, with Florida State. And this is up there with Florida State. So it could be 2B. Miami is just, there was so much bloodlust. It's really hard to get past that one as being number one. Uh, it, it was a – I talked about this today on a, a show in Alabama, and Alabama wants to play Notre Dame, by the way. They enjoyed watching that game down there. They, they're off this week. So uh, they're glad that somebody beat Clemson. They're were not uh, they not Clemson fans down in Alabama, apparently, on this radio show. But it was a treat for everyone to watch. If you're not a Notre Dame and Clemson fan, you're a college football fan, that is a game you tune into and you're not disappointed at all other than the fact that you had, had to get up and go do stuff during the referees, uh, overturns yeah. and everything else like that. Yeah. But it was a tremendous college football game. I
0: mean, for me professionally, uh, I mean, you're right, Tim, the, the animosity between Notre Dame and Miami and Catholics. The fighting Cavics, was too much.
1: just. Yeah, yeah,
0: I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that you can, I'm not sure what it would take to unseat that as the, <laughs> the number one. Um, so that's number one. Uh, but I mean, you know for, and for me florida state 93 i mean professionally for me 88 93 florida state 2005 usc um those are all kind of gimmies but this is 40 to 40 double overtime you know you throw in that that kind of uh, you're so far away from being from
1: doing this the last time is why i think it was so great like Florida State, you're five years
0: removed from the biggest win in school history. Right, and you've been playing great football during those five all years. five years.
1: <laughs> so I just yeah. Yeah, this just felt like catharsis. I think Pete used that word uh, yeah. either in your column or on for yeah, me. It just
2: is like yeah, you. I mean the field storming and all that stuff. There was just you think about the Notre Dame fans at the game, the students, like they haven't experienced a game like this in their lifetime.
1: Right, it's not been just
2: been there. Twenty seven years since Notre Dame has won a game like this. That's that, yeah, that, that amplifies the how big it was stuff too.
0: Just to show my age, personally, as a kid growing up, I was at when Norden ended Texas's 30-game winning streak in the Cotton Bowl when I was 10. That was a pretty big moment in my life. Yeah. Um, 73, well, 73, the USC game, Eric Penick's 85-yard run in Dame Stadium, and then Dame beating Alabama 24-23 uh in a sugar bowl for the national championship in a green jersey game in 77 which which i was explaining to people they come out and did i do this on the podcast or was this somebody else that was wdu okay okay yeah so you come out i mean they come out and it's like you know if if they would come out now in green jerseys it'd be like oh great you know but it's not the complete and utter shock right that in 1977 when they came out in green jerseys after warming up it's like you're you're confused you can't believe what you see they had worn green jerseys in the late 50s i i, I don't know exactly when but for them to come out in them in 77 was just completely mind-boggling at the time
1: you know who takes credit for that don't you whether it's true or not
0: i do and digger phelps does deserve a lot of credit for that he does he does he does that's good
1: that's good just, just, what, take credit for what just
0: what he yeah just what he needs is more credit ND one Cubs one. Do you recall ever seeing a Notre Dame running back pass protect as well as Kyron Williams did?
2: No, uh, no, no, nothing comes to mind. I mean, he's, he's been he's doing it all year. Like I, I, hopefully people don't take this as like, this was a, a performance out of nowhere. Like he's been great at that from the first game of the season on.
0: No, but he was cranked up, man. I mean, he's missed some in previous games. Did he miss any here?
1: No because he hit so hard. He, he a couple he absorbed it but he gave everything he had so like both bodies just collapsed. Well and, <laughs> and, he, he was, and
0: and Venables Venables just wiped him out on one but Venables got wiped out in the process. Yeah. Yeah. So it worked.
1: The win, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that was and the best part about it is Pete said that's he's going to do it against Boston College too. He's going to come he's going to come he's going to see somebody and he's going to line him up and he's going to drill them as well. He's yeah, a, you just you know a,
2: you you know, you—that's part of what's happening every damn week. If you're Notre
0: Dame, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I agree. But I think that that performance now—I mean—takes his level. That—that's a—that's the a raising of a bar, and what little we know about Kyra Wims, that bar is going to stay up there.
1: You know, it's kind of like how Tommy Tremble got nationally popular because nobody—there was no other football being played at that time of the year for his blocking, his run blocking, all of a sudden I was like, man, this guy is just, he just, you could see it in him now is like, I am, he's out there to hit and hurt someone. And uh, I think he is hit and hurt enough people. He he's hurting a little bit himself. I, I think the toll of the season is really taking it on Tommy Trimble. He could use that week off. That's coming up. Yeah. I lost the podcast page. Jim underscore Booney CRS. What referee calls made your blood boil
2: the most.
0: I, you know, I, I, when I heard the comments made on the TV broadcast, it, w- it was it was all the things that I was saying. How do you throw a flag for interference and pick it up? That I have have we ever seen that? I'm sure it's happened, but I mean, well, on the basis of Not even we,
1: in a spot like that? I've never seen it on fourth down, and there's like, yeah, yeah, I don't think so.
0: Well, and it and it's <laughs> yeah. not like yeah. it, you know, if you like reaching around a guy. You know, those are always debatable. When you come straight through the back of the receiver, I'm not sure that there was a ton of contact. But when you come straight through the back of the receiver, that was mind boggling. I think I got up from my seat on that one.
2: Yeah, that one was bad, and I, I I feel like if Skoranek had sort of stayed up a little bit more, I almost felt like he was falling over already. Um, That maybe that crouched down but, a little bit. But that, but then that. Then I would have said, like, okay, I understand why you wouldn't call anything. Not why you call it, then don't call it. Like, that's, that is egregious. Yeah.
1: If, if pass interference was not called on that play, and I would have thought, oh, man, I think he got interfered with and never thought of it again. Right. As opposed to what happened, which is – Right, As opposed to right. talking
0: right. about exactly. it right now. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the other one for me was the non-grounding call, which, which should have been called on two fronts. One, there was no receiver – in the vicinity and he threw it right into the ground and it wasn't past the line of scrimmage.
2: Yeah. Like, and, I, I wrote that down and then I forgot about it. Cause like the world well, happened afterwards. You, I, but yeah. That was yeah, a bad and
0: then too. But then I wa- and, and then uh, Clemson k- ended up kicking a field goal there. And then I, then I put my binoculars on Brian Kelly and he was, <laughs> he was arguing something with a referee and I'm sure it had to do with that at that point. Speaking
1: of game stories at home for uh, first world problems. I was sitting there. I was like, all right, I need three leads. I need two backup paragraphs. I have to know what to take out of here if that doesn't work I happen. was thinking
0: about you during the game, Tim. <laughs> this is just unreal. I've been, right been there, done that, mostly for I, basketball games. But
1: I also found it interesting, and you guys probably saw it on the, on the rewatch, like Brian Kelly in crucial moments looked like somebody watching the game. He was, like, looking like, oh, my gosh, this has to work. He had a look on his face of, like, that I had not seen in him before. He was not, it was like, okay, the call is in. This is the call I want, and this has to work. He had it at least four times they showed him where he was just staring at the field. And I was thinking to myself, man, he is nervous right now. This has to work out.
0: It's difficult to read his emotions, but I thought that I could read his emotions in his eyes, of course, when, yeah. when Doors' kickoff went out of bounds, which really wasn't Doors' fault. I mean, that was a 90-degree turn. It wasn't a bad kickoff. Coaches reacting to kickoffs that go out of bounds, especially BK. I, I think that that's – it's an automatic. I could read it in his eyes that he wasn't happy that the second half started off with a kickoff that went out yeah, of bounds. Yeah, Judge Arthur Vandeley, what universe do we live in where Notre Dame can beat the number one team in the country and not play anywhere close to perfect? What's the ceiling for this team?
2: Man, I, would you say they weren't anywhere close to perfect? I mean – Points the red on. zone offense was yeah. like a little. Other than
0: little other than that, I mean, I mentioned physicality and and yeah. third down conversions and turnovers and special teams and, but red zone, would be it. Yeah. Right. But the defense, Notre Ames defense, kept them out of the end zone twice too.
2: They did. Yeah. Like, I d- I don't know. I mean, I would just sort of maybe maybe the maybe the better way to view this is like if I'm Clemson and I think of all the drops that we had the uh the the Koromoa fumble. Like that that did not have to happen. Um, right. you know, that should have been a tackle for loss, like a big play, but not that big of a play. Um I don't I mean Clemson wasn't anywhere close to perfect either with their backup quarterback who's a freshman, who's probably the third best quarterback in college football. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, to me, that's just like football. If, if Notre Dame played a perfect game, they they would have converted all those red zone opportunities in the first half, and then the second half would have been maybe a little bit kind of boring.
1: Yeah, I think it's football too. I agree with you. Um, sounds dumb to say that, but 15 points. They left 15 points out there in the red zone, but they got seven points. Clemson's tra- – here's what's – I wanted to save this for when they play Clemson again, but what's going to be different is – there's probably going to be a little more of third and seven. Oh, what a throw! When it's Clemson and Trevor Lawrence for nine yards and little control of the game, things like that. But maybe you lose the ridiculous howitzer arm that goes 53 yards down the post for a touchdown on occasion. That maybe yeah. that can happen too when, when it's uh, when it's Lawrence in there instead because some of those throws he made. How about the overtime throw? The first throw that was basically oh, a touchdown, but he was
2: yeah. down. He oh it. yeah! Oh, that they that
0: replayed 57 times. Okay. Yeah, the whole notion of—I mean, Clemson's seventy-six and six. It's hard enough to beat them, let alone beat them badly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that—that's—that's—it's that, a little bit unrealistic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think they're, I think they
1: are one of the two best teams in the country right now. That's a good. Ceiling. I don't think.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't think Clemson's going to necessarily get beaten badly. I, although I guess Ohio State beat them badly in the in the playoffs, right?
1: I mean, LSU. LSU in the and, championship and,
0: game yeah. last year. No, no, from a couple years earlier.
1: No, Clemson got them.
0: Uh, then it wasn't Ohio. I'm not sure what I'm thinking. But anyway. Um,
1: Alabama got them. Alabama got them really Semis. good. Okay,
0: yeah. Alabama. You're right. Okay, that's what it was. 76-6. Uh, and six, You're not going to beat them badly very often. <laughs> CMU Pence fan. Did Notre Dame's wide receivers rise to the moment, or is Clemson's pass defense just not that good, or a combination of both?
2: It's a, whenever you offer a combination of both. The answer is a combination of both. It's uh, Clemson's corners were pretty mediocre. Uh, and Javon McKinley played great. Uh, and Avery Davis really stepped up in some huge spots.
1: You know what's really great about Clemson's corners maybe not being up to the normal standard is you can only possibly play two better sets of cornerbacks this entire season. And it would be in January. So I think that's cool. It could work out for Notre Dame fans if that's the uh, best. They are better than the corners that they will face the rest of the year. And they'll have another challenge on their hands, hopefully with a healthy and engaged Braden Lindsay in two months.
0: You know, if you saw Clemson play against BC, you knew that there potentially were some issues in the secondary for Clemson. And I know I've quoted this and written this like a hundred times. I'm going to try to stop doing it. But Clemson lost a first-round draft choice at corner a third round draft choice at safety and a fourth round draft choice at safety. They're younger there. And Kendrick is uh, Kendrick talks a good game. Holy crap. Does Kendrick talk a good game? Cause that's all he does the whole game. Uh, but they're, you know, I mean, they're vulnerable back there. So it is a combination. And I think it's a, I mean, when, when Javon, regardless how young Clemson is in the secondary, when Javon McKinley, has a game like that where he's diving, making great plays, yeah, great. and somehow miraculously making a 45-yard grab that wasn't overturned, um, you know, you've know, you you've got something. Can I jump back real quick to the previous question? Arthur Judge Arthur Vandley asked, what's the ceiling for this team? It rides on Ian Book, cornerback play, pass rush with a four-man rush, which still needs work, and the continued progress of the wide receivers.
1: That's I agree. Off. I agree, and the one that uh, I have most faith in, Ian Book, and pass rush in the four man rush because you know what they dialed it up when they needed to there in overtime, didn't they? <laughs> that was a quality four man rush a couple times. But uh, you're right; they're all uh,
0: sacks of the game. You the need uh, you,
1: you need the four man rush to work because you got to help your secondary a little bit. You, you just if you close some lanes somewhere else, it can help them a lot downstairs. Uh, you need three corners. You got to have Bray Pete. I know your question about Lewis and Bracey. I I hope it's. I hope Bracey wins the job back and Clarence Lewis continues to develop because you, yeah, you can't have somebody going to the tank. You will get lit up like a Christmas tree in Charlotte if you don't did have three quarters out there.
2: Did you take Brian Kelly's answer to imply that Bracey just like mentally locked up? Yes,
1: I, I, I the did old, too. Tim and I talked about this offline and I wrote about it. Uh, I don't know where. Um, I've written a lot about Clemson recently. <sighs> I, on
2: Irish Illustrated. On Irish
1: Illustrated. It was, I think okay. it was on Irish Illustrated, Jack, I'm pretty sure, just to make sure. But I thought that ter- for Tariq Bracey to come out after having a solid year in eight snaps or whatever, he must have just looked out of it when he went to talk to Yeah.
0: What, was, what specifically, what was, I'm not sure that I caught it like you guys did today. BK, what was his comment about Bracey that led you to believe he went in the tank?
2: Oh no! Just it was about like, hey, you know, it's a competition ongoing. But and then he said, you know, sometimes you got to make decisions that are in the best interest of the football team, which usually means like somebody got their butt benched.
0: Well, know. his technique was awful on the 53 or touchdown. Was, yeah. I mean, a fifty-one. It's like it
2: guys get beat all the time. Rarely, yeah, beat yeah,
0: yeah,
2: hold like that.
0: Um, yeah, uh, Tim. To your point, I wrote it in tail of tape today. You know, there are no alternatives right now. Right. Maybe Cam yeah. Hart. No, right. No. I mean, maybe, no, but I mean, but listen, hear me out. Maybe you have opportunities to get Cam Hart in the game this coming week. Then okay. you have opportunities against, I, I don't, I'm not even, you're not North Carolina. There's too many, too many good receivers there. And then maybe in Syracuse and Wake Forest, maybe he can make some progress to where you can turn to him. Probably not because he's inexperienced right. at the position, but it's those three. And the yeah. reality is a coaching staff. Knows that it's those three, and you can't allow anybody to stay in the tank. You've got to pick Bracey up and it, do exactly what you said. Hopefully, he reemerges and wins the starting job back. Lewis is going to be good.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all no good.
0: And, yeah. the, and look, I say this about Nick McLeod, the deep ball. The, would you tackle that receiver so it's a 15 yard penalty instead of a 51 yard gain? You don't say that right
2: he was kind of underthrown like he did. It was. Yeah. Misjud- it was hard he for him to get it?
0: Yeah, it was hard for him to get back in balance, but man, when you know you're beat, tackle them, is, tackle them, yeah. and they're only going to give you a 15 yard penalty. It's to hear. Tim,
1: Tim Priester says cheat. Okay, I'm with you. Don't worry, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Benedict. What did the chart say about going for two in overtime? Which is a great question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Don't Pete. you're, Pete, Pete, you're on the other. Yeah, you're on the other end of. You're on the other end of the press box. We didn't. We didn't talk during the game. Oh God, I felt like I was shouting it people on twitter about like no don't what, go for what two. about at the end of regulation
2: no not then either you know what, you know how many uh two-point conversions clemson has allowed in the last 15 opportunities not a lot one oh my god so if you knew an opponent was converting 90 up 92 93 percent of something and you want you want the game to come down to that no thanks also Definitely like not. What, like, it's not like Indiana, Penn State, where, like, we're stealing something. Let's get out of here. Um, Notre Dame was beating up Clemson on both lines. Like, that was the game plan to wear them down over the longest possible amount of time. So, if you have a chance to take, make the game even longer, that's what you do if you're Notre Dame.
0: I thought at the end of regulation, it might be, I mean, full disclosure here at the end of regulation, because Notre Dame. Despite the advantage you're talking about in the trenches, Notre Dame had gone 30 minutes scoring three points and then they put together a touchdown drive and I thought man you're hot you're rolling your quarterback's hot go for it. Uh I thought Brian Kelly's comment was interesting in that you know you know you have to go for two in the third overtime. Yes. So, I so that I mean that to me then that makes sense why you wouldn't go for it in the first two overtime.
1: I actually felt as soon as he got it, could get it to overtime, it was advantage Notre Dame because they could run it in. And then Unayunga Gale threw a uh, 24 and a half yard dart. And I thought that advantage was gone for the rest of the game. (laughs) But I thought tie this game up, get in there and beat them up and see what happens. So that worked out and it could have gone poorly. We haven't talked about this enough. And I feel like when I asked Ian Book about it, he was giving me the rules, which I do understand the rules of overtime. Ian Book, if you listen to our podcast, (laughs) I thought it was huge that they got the ball back to back. Huge for the momentum. I that was a game. great
2: point. I think you made that point in its analysis. I yeah. thought that was a great one from a resting the defense standpoint. Yes. I didn't even think Everything about
1: it. Momentum on offense, resting the defense, and then all of a sudden you're playing from ahead a and the defense can attack like that. I, I didn't
0: quite. It. So Book thought that you didn't understand. I think he, that he's like, well, those are the rules.
1: Like, I know there's, there's no give and take, so I couldn't even come back yeah. with the, I know they're the rules. <laughs> but.
0: Yeah, Denver Maximus, what surprised you most? Ian Book playing like a stud with 300 yards passing? Or the vaunted Clark Lee defense giving up 40 points and allowing a true freshman quarterback to pass for more than 400 yards?
2: Mm, uh, Book was the bigger surprise. Clemson
1: scores points, man. (laughs) Yeah, and like
2: look, it was what? It was 33 33 in regulation. 33 in regulation. Uh, Uyongale is ridiculously talented. And, I mean, we saw them try this at USC in 2018. Take away or yeah, take away the run and get picked apart, but Benba but don't break. And really USC last year in the second half, when they're just yeah. like, we're just gonna yeah. play, we're gonna play pass, you guys can run it. Um, you know, it's kind of the, the reverse of that. But Clarkley is all about going all in on play, making you play left handed, and it doesn't really bother him that if you're if you if you figure out how to play left handed a little bit, that's fine. It's just not gonna be as good as you playing right handed.
1: Biggest surprise for me was that Travis Atien had 28 rushing yards and
2: did not get hurt during the game
1: to have 28 rushing yards. That's incredible. <laughs> I, That's
0: no, amazing. I would agree. And and the, the, in answer to the question, I would say book. Because, I mean, the level of play was was just outstanding. But who would have thought, I mean, at halftime, how many how many passing yards did he have? He had around 100, right? Maybe it was a little bit more because he had 71 the first quarter. Uh, but the answer is, is, in this case, is book. And you hope for Notre Dame's sake that it's locked in now and that the bar has been raised and he can, he, his performances can, can reach that bar moving forward.
1: On a related note, tool nine, three, four, tool one, nine, three, four. Did Ian books performance elevate him to the next step?
2: I guess what's the next step
0: playing like that consistently. It's comeback back being, being, against- being more, being as accurate as he was, especially early on, he was really accurate. He was so
1: decisive. And when he wasn't decisive, <laughs> he still made great throws on the run. Like he he really elevated his ability to make throws while escaping as opposed to just escaping.
2: Yeah, I thought and so his eyes downfield was, was excellent. Yeah.
0: Really good. And then avoiding the rush. The next the next step is consistency.
2: Yeah, it is.
0: Mary M
1: 106 saw a lot of missed tackles. Was that on Notre Dame or Clemson's talent? To me, it looked like some bad tackling.
0: I've never tried to tackle Amari Rodgers. But I would imagine, I would imagine most human beings would have even even yeah. well schooled football players would have a hard time tackling Amari Rodgers. I mean, they did a great job of tackling Travis Etienne.
1: You get Rogers yeah, Rogers. Yeah, you get Rogers in space. You get Rogers in space at full speed. You get Rodgers in space at full speed with a blocker in front of him. A lot of it is just impressive, impressive ability on those screens and. Qu- he can catch the ball at full speed. That's the Brian Kellyism about Kevin Stepperson. Remember that, and he's better than that, obviously. Um, I'm just impressed with their receivers and how they how they make plays down the field. There.
2: Yeah, I mean, there were, there, were def- there was a play to Cornell Powell where Hamilton missed him really bad. Like he tried to tackle him around the shoulder pads or something. Yeah. Um, like there were a couple of those, but man, that's, I, I wouldn't come away from this game being concerned about Notre Dame's tackling yeah. at all. I, I mean, think I, I, I heard I when thought they play Cor- Clemson in Alabama. Because they're hard to tackle.
0: Yeah. They are hard to t- I, I thought I thought Cornell Paul was really coming on going into this game. I mean everything that I had seen of him, he was really, really coming on. And U- Uyanga Lele, they tackled him well. They tackled ATN well. Yeah. They had they had a lot of trouble with Amari Rogers, who I think gives everybody trouble. And then Paul is Paul's on the rise. Yes.
1: Trev alive or Tree Alive. What do you think there? Trev Alive? Yeah, Trev Alive. I think it's Trev Alive, yep. Trev Alive. Agree or disagree? Notre Dame is more effective running the ball from under center versus shotgun?
0: One question at a time.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: They're yeah, more
0: effective know. running the ball under center than shot, in shotgun?
2: I, You know, when they have locked in run plays, I think that they seem to go really well. I mean, those those are a lot of the outside zone type stuff. I I mean, they both think, they both are fine, but
0: I don't think it matters. I don't see what would what would make what well, would short make short yardage. One-
2: is what makes you think
1: it? I suppose, um, but I'm not sure if book is not a threat. Short yardage book under center only matters when it's one yard. Third and two, he's not sneaking it, you know, so the under center right, right, yeah. goes away a little bit. Um, They get such a good push with the offensive line. I don't get quite as mad when I see a third and two shotgun because a, am used to it. And B, they don't get stuffed for the loss. I, for the loss. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, Clemson was in shotgun on fourth and one. So, I mean, it's 2020, man. I mean, we aren't, yeah. we aren't going back to the days of of anything more than three percent of being under center so i don't the, the i like
1: the move fullback though i do like tommy tremble as the move fullback at, at the goal line but it's got to be goal line play you know it's a goal line play yeah
0: no i true yeah i agree it's you want somebody like that okay second question Tim.
1: andy did not run the ball off in the second half and when they did it was outside runs that didn't take advantage of andy's edge in the middle
2: i feel like they had an edge on the outside as well um so i, I would disagree a little bit with the second half of that question but I did think that was where Tommy Reese blinked in the game plan, where book through, I want to say ten or eleven straight passes. I thought that the the series in the fourth quarter that ended, I think, with four straight incompletions. I think the last one was a Scaronic drop. Um, was yeah. just like whoa, like you guys that and that that really to me amplified the feeling of like here we go again, um, this is yeah. going to end poorly because i've seen this end this way before but you know then they snapped back into it in overtime
1: they had 10 uh design runs in the second half and they had six in the overtime so tommy reese went back to the run which was nice um you know the third quarter though i mean that first three and out then they didn't get the ball for they only had the ball for like four minutes in the third quarter so that was part of it but i agree i got people complaining to me in the fourth quarter I can't believe he abandoned the run. I can't believe he abandoned the run. You know, you're trying to do other things, and I looked down at the chart and like, oh yeah, he did abandon the run. That's, right,
0: that's but worse. but <laughs> but that open. I mean, I I think Clemson played to that, and then that opened yeah. up. I mean, Mayer did his damage in the second half, so that was opened up. Right. Um, you had a couple deep shots. You had the 45-yarder to McKinley. That opened up.
1: I think if Eddie had the ball more in the second half I, and they only had 10 runs, then I would complain
2: about abandoning the run. It might've just been possession. I mean, that's, you know, Yeah, I don't know. It just, it felt like they got off balance all of a sudden. I, I
0: don't, I don't, I, I, I actually disagree or I'm sorry. I agree with what you're saying, Pete, that it did, it huh. did feel like it was a little uh, imbalance, but I think that you have to, you, you also have to understand. And I don't fully understand exactly what Clemson did defensively, but, if Tommy Reese is making those calls, then they're taking some things away from you. And that's why I say Michael Mayer did his damage in the second half. Yeah. So that's the offshoot of not, I'm not saying it's an extension of the running game. But <laughs> it never is. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't, because I'm not sure everybody listening knows how much I hate that expression because I don't think it's true, but other things open up and, uh, you know, and, and tremble. I mean, think about the tight end. I mean, tremble, Tremble had three grabs early, so they really used the tight end. But Tremble's aligned differently than Mayer. I, we knew they were going to try to take Mayer away. They did to a large extent in the first half. Then when they tried to take away Notre Dame's running game, it opened some other things up. Final uh, third there part of that question.
2: Notre Dame will lose a regular season game.
0: Agree or disagree, Pete?
2: Uh, I disagree. I got and I think it will it has more. That says more about Clark Lee than necessarily Ian Book taking Saturday night and repurposing it for the next four weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, weeks. I think it, I think it could happen. I think it's more likely that it happened in North Carolina than Boston College. I think Boston College, Boston College gave up 340 yards rushing to Virginia Tech. Now they have not been a bad rushing defense otherwise, um, but they can't run it, and I think Norden can make them have difficulty stopping the run,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so I like Notre Dame's team. As long as Notre Dame's in the proper frame of mind to play Boston College after beating Clemson, I think they'll win that game. North Carolina's a little bit more problematic. Uh, could Notre Dame lose? Yes. Do I think they will? Probably not. Usually when Brian Kelly gets to this stage, usually, mm-hmm. not always, they they follow
1: through. I don't think they'll lose that game. And the real key to it for me is they have a bye week before it, and they're not going in spent after seven straight weeks. It's crucial they have that game that week. The,
0: by, the bye week is. And they will, they will need that having played. Right. Differently than last year, in a
2: row. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope they learn from that one. Yeah. yeah.
0: Irish from A2. Are you concerned about Notre Dame's past defense, or was this a product of Notre Dame's game plan focusing on shutting down? Travis Etienne.
2: All, all game plan. The etn also i'm not sure if notre dame had a, a full appreciation for how good DJ lay actually was yeah i'm not sure how they would have been able to appreciate that until they saw it themselves
1: yeah. and i think brian kelly when he when i mentioned what they did to etn but they gave up on the back end made a good point like that guy we he said we're gonna have to play him a little differently he, yeah, he said we'll have to play them a little differently he's incredible the post-game and, comment by brian kelly was we cannot play them the same way even though the well, play will take away ETN, you can't, I mean, they will expose you. There's a lot. There's that much room?
0: Right. And 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 Kyle Hamilton's responsibilities were first and foremost ETN, yep. which is why he had eight solo tackles, most of them against him and Uwe Angalele. But I, is it a concern? Yeah, I think cornerback is will remain a concern moving forward. I think what Brian Kelly is saying is that they might use Hamilton a little bit differently. But I still think that you you need to take Etienne away first and foremost. Agree. Um, I just
2: like I was going to say like Oyanga the way he makes you defend passes to the field, nobody else in college football does that. I mean, the pressure that that is putting your field corner under, I think, is just. Inc- Incredible, because he's just, just a
0: cannon, can and throwing and, and,
2: ropes out there. Yeah.
0: And did you see the time when uh Paul was shaking his hand because he hurt his finger? Yes, on, yes, because yes. he threw it so hard. I also think going in, <clears throat> going into this game, I'm losing my voice. That Notre Dame thought, in addition to taking ETN away, it's like, okay, we're going to make their whiteouts prove that they're as good as Higgins. And Ross, he did a
1: good job. <laughs> Rogers,
0: Rogers did that. Well, you give Rogers room. I mean, I, I, I had some people say before the year that, oh, Amari Rogers isn't very good. Well, Amari, Amari Rogers was overshadowed the last couple of years, but he's really good. He's really fast. Um, he's a lot like Tutu Atwell, only maybe a little bit stronger, just pure strength. Yeah. But I think that they looked at their wide receivers and said, okay, we're going, to, we're going. to, we know Etienne's great. We're going to take him away. Let's see what their receivers can do. And Uyangalele and him and the receivers came through.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you said so. KJ Henry, one of their like sort of stud edge rushers, freshman, yeah. Um, he was like a, a, a D line tight end prospect coming in. And he said he preferred D line because he didn't want to have to catch Uyangalele's throws. <laughs> That's good. I wouldn't either,
1: man. That is a what's a hose that thing coming in? Dip ninety eight. Where the hell did that
2: Shane Simon come from? That was this was like the biggest shock of the game to me. That was easily the biggest shock of the game. I tell you
0: what I what I loved. I wrote about tell tape today. I have not liked his body language in games, and if you saw him in this game, he was communicating with teammates. He was showing emotion. He was directing teammates on what to do. It was a completely different football player. How that happened? How that happened? I I really don't know. I mean, it, not only was it a transformation in performance, but in the way he carried himself on the football field, it was a beautiful thing to see.
2: Yeah. You know, one thing I'd thrown in a chime, Simon. So I was talking to Usu last week uh, on something else, and for his like physics of hitting story that I finally got to, and I asked he was we were talking about his like power squat velocity that they track and his is way out there, but it's like it's arbitrary number. It's like 1,281. I have no idea what that means, but it's just like, it's the best on the team. And I asked him like, who else is up there with you? And he said, Shane Simon. And it's like, you think about the explosion. And you yelled at him
1: and said, you're lying to me. (laughs) I'm just like, I mean,
2: think about how Wusu Koromoa hits people and how Shane Simon hits people and think like, yep, they have the same measurable (laughs) when it comes to violence of hitting based on like their lower body strength. You would you would never think that.
0: No, that's amazing. But hopefully it's a breakthrough for Simon because, look, there has to be a reason why. You, I mean, you have Jack Lamb that played an integral part of the 2019 defense. Yeah. You have Jack Kaiser who is here because Clark Lee loved him, a single-A player with, a, with no stoplight in his hometown. And yet he has been insistent about staying with shane simon he's got to be seeing things on the practice field that 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 prompted him to do that
1: can i add one thing about shane simon because the guy that i wrote down next to him had his best game since last year easily drew white was involved in eight stuffs
0: how many total stuffs were there like 19 pretty good pretty good list
1: and um all eight stuffs. In other words, he had five solos, including a tackle for loss, a pass stuff, and assisted on two others. Like that he was all over the field.
0: Yeah. And I know an, he doesn't
1: cover well, but that kid played great against Travis Atien.
0: He's he's another example of a guy. You, you there's that fine line between football instincts. We talked about this last week with Hamilton football instincts, and preparation from watching film. And and clearly Clearly he understood what Clemson wanted to do offensively. Exactly.
1: Irish. I was tailgating. Boston college doesn't have Travis ATN. I would be so annoying if they did, but does Phil Dracovic have to play better than DJ to beat Notre Dame Saturday? cannot play better than. Yeah.
0: He's not, he's not capable of playing better than that at this stage of his career. Uh, You know, or any stage, probably any (laughs) stage I, I, I would imagine. But, Um, you know, I would I would think that you know the one when you look statistically, the one thing that Boston College isn't doing very well is scoring points. They're 85th in the country, so they've had difficulty doing that consistently. But their defense is 38th in scoring, um, 53rd in run defense, 54 in pass defense. Those are just numbers. I mean, that doesn't necessarily tell you anything, but. I think they have to, I think Boston College has to play great defense against Notre Dame. And I'm really impressed with with first year head coach Jeff what Jeff Hafley is doing with them. It is it's Jeff, right? It yep. is. Yeah. Um, he's doing a tremendous job there. He is.
1: Man. He really is and he's a, I think he fits their culture well. Um, BC's defense is going to be salty in a couple of years. He just doesn't have the pieces right now. You can you can tell. That they they still they have a little chip. They just don't run that fast. <laughs> Everything there, they need more weight training, just like Notre Dame needed it when when Brian Kelly was kind of there in the 2016 season. You 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 just need to change. Excuse me, 2010 season. Um, I, I I think Boston College has a bright future, and I think Belichickovic has done a really good job. He's a year ahead of where I thought he would be. I thought he would be up and down, up and down, benched, not benched, but because they don't have anybody else. But I, I thought he would be like this next year. And then stay for fifth year and be a good good college quarterback. He's already doing a he's already doing a very good job
2: for Boston College.
0: It's Don't I owe you? I think I owe you, uh, Pete, <sighs> betting money. Didn't I say that Dracovic wouldn't be the quarterback for Boston College? Yeah, United you Hawaii? did at
2: some point. I totally know wrong.
0: Let me, that. yeah, let me let me clarify a, a misstatement on my part. Boston College is struggling running the football. Yeah. and that's what they're 110th in the country. That's what more so than Dracovic playing way above his head. They need to be able to run the football against Notre Dame and that ain't happening.
1: Hey Beasley, I, how does Brian Kelly get the team emotionally ready for BC? I don't think I'll be emotionally ready as a spectator on Saturday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I, a lot of people feel that way. I I at the at the expense of of repeating some of the things that I said that Brian Kelly said today in our instant analysis. Uh stay consistent throughout the week. Constant application, smart work, smart work work with purpose, practice habits, productive practice, understand importance of each day. And he, he said this last, but they started with making sure that you were tended to in a training room and then getting a good lift in on Monday. You stay to the process.
2: I, I, I think that's
0: probably a good way to look at it. I mean, it's the only thing, it's the only way to avoid the letdown. Right. And he will continue to stress that all week.
2: I'm curious how you guys say, like, I think Dracovic helps Notre Dame in a sense. Like yes, that that gets your attention if you're Notre Dame, like, Oh yeah,
0: Phil. Oh, I see. Oh, you're right. You know, in terms of motivation and not having a lead die, you're absolutely right.
2: I, I think it's great
1: that Phil Dracovic is the quarterback. I think it's great. You're not asking the crowd to come back and be that engaged at Notre Dame stadium again, because it absolutely could not possibly be. We've seen it before. And in fact, I saw it before with B.C. Um, and I think it's very important that it's a middle of the day game without fans because there's nothing going crazy at Boston and chest on Hill for this game either. It's just going and playing football and that, that should benefit Notre Dame.
0: Who would have thought that a Boston college team coached by Steve Adazio last year would be 110th in rushing this year. I mean, that's just, it that's an incredible, bizarre, right? I mean, uh, their offensive approach is completely different. I get that, but uh, I So, you know, like teams in a transition, like we talk about Georgia Tech transitioning from, and it's not the same thing, but transitioning from triple option. I'm just surprised at how quickly he is getting, Jeff Halfley is getting them to play solid football. They're five and three. I mean, that's. No,
2: I I mean, when they made that hire, I think we were also like, "Ah, you know, you're probably going to regret not hiring Clark Lee. I mean, Halfley seems
0: like the real deal so far. Yeah, but they have to run the football better than that. They're they're just, they're yeah. anemic in, in the ground game. And our final question for the day is from Joseph Ramis. Now that Notre Dame is in the driver's seat for the ACC title, barring any mishaps, injuries, COVID, upsets, how confident are you that the playoff race is basically already set with the top four being <laughs> Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson?
2: Uh, all right, so well, they're in the driver's seat to make the ACC championship game. I'm not sure I would say that they're in the driver's seat to win the ACC championship because um, that would mean you beat Clemson for a second time. Um, but, you know, the playoff is the question. And I would say, look, if if Notre Dame and Clemson played this uh, shockingly similar game um, let's, let's just say Notre Dame doesn't score at the end of the game of the fourth quarter and they lose 33, 26, um, with Trevor Lawrence being part of the 33. I think Notre Dame would have a great chance to make the playoff in that scenario.
0: Yeah. And I, I hope I didn't misrepresent Joseph Ramus He may have said ACC. He, I have written down ACC title. Okay. Maybe it just that means that they going it. Maybe he just meant going there. Uh, man, I am not conditioned. To take anything for granted. I am just not wired that way when it comes to athletic competition. Am I confident Alabama will get there? Yes. Am I confident Ohio State will get there? Yes. The other two, I'm not sure because I don't think that this is, I think Notre Dame exposed some of Clemson's youth and and weaknesses. Uh, having said that, again, they're 76 and six, and i will probably find a way to win the rest of the game. Yeah, just,
2: I mean, I don't know how you, <laughs> watch, watching the game live and on tape a little bit, like, Clemson's roster is not a number one team in the country kind of roster. Like, they have a top 10 roster, but I wouldn't go much higher than that. Um, So, like, I feel like Notre Dame can get them a second time. Um, it would be pretty damn impressive to do it, but. I thought that Reese and Lee had a great game against Elliott and Venables. Like, I, I mean, Notre Dame should have all the confidence in the world that they could do it.
0: Yeah, they don't have an Isaiah Simmons. They don't have a T Higgins. They yeah. don't have a Justin Ross.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, just think if like they spied Ian Book with Isaiah Simmons instead of Jake Venables. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a that's a huge difference maker, and I don't I don't I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to take anything away from Notre accomplishment, but this is not Clemson from two years ago. I mean, it's not even – oh, I mean, you had, three, you had three first-round draft choices on the defensive line alone, and I think Brzee is going to be great, and I love Miles Murphy. I think he's going to be very good. You know, any you put Skalski back on the field. I'm not sure whether he is his injury such that he might not be back. I'm not sure. About never,
2: that. It's never been described as season ending. Um, you and that's know, that's a
0: long time. That's a long time. You know, Mike oh, Jones, off.
2: maybe he's back. Ty, Ty, was Tyler Davis, their defensive tackle, he's probably back. Like, it's going to be a lot harder to move the ball on them next time around. Yeah, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I would say Alabama, Ohio State. I'm, I'm pretty confident they'll be yeah. there. I can't. When it comes to Notre Dame, I just—I mean, I'm just not wired that way. I can't I guess, take like, that maybe, for granted. Maybe the question
2: is: All right, Notre Dame gets to Charlotte. They're undefeated. They play Clemson. They lose by seven. I would feel like Notre Dame will be under serious, serious consideration to to make the playoffs.
0: Well, what if Notre Dame goes? Eleven and zero in a regular season lose by seventeen to to Clemson. And, yeah, a that, lot depends on other teams too. That,
2: yeah, I mean that uh, that's sort of where you get into like the Big Ten dynamics of a few years ago, where like Ohio State just whipped Wisconsin and went from like six to four um, in the final playoff poll. Like I could I could see that happening, but
0: well, know, who else a, from a, the Big Ten though might nobody emerge big, right? Big so Ten's I mean, Clemson, Wisconsin you know, big, may not have enough games. Yeah, Big qualified. 12 is not
2: going to play um, somebody into the playoff. I don't Oregon. think Oregon. – We'll see. But it's like at that point, would you take Oregon, you know, an 8-0 Oregon over a 11-1, two epic games against Clemson that you split Notre yes. game? I don't think that you yeah. would.
0: I, uh, I just want to see Notre Dame play Boston College this week. I don't want to move ahead. I don't want to – you know, I mean <laughs> – I'm serious. I mean, I just I just want to see this Notre Dame football team play again after beating the number one team in the nation. I, I'm not concerned about the ACC title game. I just want to see them play again and see if they can. Be, you know, you want to see Ian Book build upon that. You want to see. You certainly want to see Shane Simon build upon that. I want Javon McKinley build upon that as well. So um, and as far as I know, there's no way of Nordane playing Clemson in the. ACC championship game this Saturday. So I will get my wish. That's we all need it. a break. <laughs> yeah. That's it uh, for Irish Illustrated Insider. We appreciate you joining us. We'll be back on Thursday. Please join us again. Thank you.
2: The Notre Dame Fighting Irish has come up with, finally for Brian Kelly's team, that signature win against one of the
1: best teams and finally getting one of those teams here, the Irish able to pull it off.